2016 is drawing to a close, but what were our top 10 movies of the year? I'm Mike. And I'm Darren. And this is Popscore. Welcome to Popscorn, the Foul Entertainment Movie Review Podcast, and today we're talking about every single goddamn movie we saw in the last 12 months. I'm always Mike. And I'm sometimes Darren. Sometimes Darren. You're Jedi Darren at the moment. I am, as I call myself on Twitter when I got my Jedi robe and master sword for Christmas, I am um, Jedi Master Link Guthridge. That'll do. That's Hell of a cosplay idea. Hell of a cosplay idea. It's, it's probably already been done, let's be honest. But yeah, we'll go with that. It's so warm in this Jedi robe, Michael. <laughs> it's so warm. I feel the lovely embrace of the Star Wars franchise all around me. It's it does wonderful. look like you've just woken up, which I suppose is the point of a bathrobe. Yeah, exactly. I've never, I, I've never owned a bathrobe in my entire life. I've been missing out. You certainly have. 2016's done with. Yeah. That was a year. I know, I know, good God. Um, yeah, we, we had a lot of political and social upheaval. Yes. But thankfully the movies weren't too bad. No, no, the, F, not. the friendly face of the mass media conglomerates have all put together to make sure 2016 wasn't a complete waste of time. No, I kind of feel like I certainly saw less bad movies this year, which, yeah. is, which is something, and quite a lot of good ones, which is why we've extended our top five to a top ten this year. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to this because I feel like our lists are going to be radically different. Thanks, mass media. Yay. <laughs> you always care. But as always, uh, there comes a time where we're not able to watch every movie. That's every year, to be honest. We don't get to watch every movie. No. We've probably seen about 20 movies each tops, something like that. If Yeah, if that. Um, if you want to see us um, see more movies, pay us. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> uh, But Darren, tell us what movies we won't be talking about today. <laughs> this is going to be fun. This is the highlight of my year. Yay. Uh, yes, I have put together the gigantic list of movies that neither of us saw uh, and I will read it now to a lovely little ditty of a jingle I think which will start playing now the Danish girl joy hateful eight the revenant room big short ride long two dirty grandpa spotlight goosebumps point break Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, Triple Nine, Grimsby, London Has Fallen, Hail Caesar, Divergent Allegiant, Planetary, Kung Fu Panda 3, My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2, Huntsman, Winter's War, Bridget Jones's Baby, Bad Neighbours 2, Keanu, Ratchet and Clank, Angry Birds, The Nice Guys, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows, Now You See Me 2, Central Intelligence, Tarzan, The BFG, Purge Election Year, Ghostbusters, Jason Bourne, Pete's Dragon, War Dogs, Ben-Hur, Blair Witch, The Magnificent Seven, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, Girl on the Train, Jack Reacher, The Accountant, Trolls, Arrival, Passengers, and I, Daniel Blake. Whew! That might be more movies than we missed last yeah. year. Yeah. There's a, a lot, lot we didn't see. Well, there's see. only a few on there that I'm genuinely annoyed I didn't see. I would have liked to have seen Arrival and Passengers. They're both out still, yeah. so there's the chance I might catch them in January, but uh, not going to happen by the end of the year at this point. And then, of course, most of the Oscar nom movies uh, for this yeah. year aren't out yet, so we don't get to review movies like the like La La Land, which is something that I'm looking forward to. Um, yeah, we don't get to touch those yet, so that's no, we nice. Don't. Thanks, January. We don't even get Assassin's Creed, and apparently that movie is complete enough to try. I know, but I'm looking forward to it still. Yay! Uh, it should be enjoyable things. Uh, but yes, that was everything we didn't see. Um, and now we're going to talk about things we did see. We're going to go in chronological order. Okay. Um, starting with January, as is tradition. As is tradition. 
Uh, right, did you see anything in January, Michael? I d- yes, I saw one movie. Was I it saw- the same as the movie I saw? No, actually, in that case, I saw two movies. Was it not Creed? It was Creed. Yeah, We reviewed Creed. We have an audio review of Creed, which is what we're going to do with all the movies that we have audio reviews for. You can go and check them out. Um, if we, if either, either, only one of us has seen it, however... Uh, or both of us have seen it, we haven't given an audio review. We'll either be having a minute, if it's only one of us has seen it, or 30 seconds each, if not, just so that we, we don't spend too much time playing for every single movie uh, this year. So, Creed, we have an audio review, no need for us to talk about that. We both liked it, go check out the audio review. Now, what was the other thing you saw in January? I saw Laser Team, the Rooster Teeth movie. <sighs> so we get a minute to talk about that, starting... Darren? I'll start it. Now, so Laser Team is essentially what me and Darren would strive to do had we got the money, the time, the resources and the location to film in. Rooster Teeth, if you don't know them, they're an online platform that have been going for about 10 to 12 years and this is their big first feature length movie. And for a first attempt, it was pretty damn good. At moments, it did feel kind of like putting a lot of their short films together. But honestly, that's not a bad thing for their first effort and a first time director. An independent studio, completely 100% crowdfunded, to actually get a theatrical lease not only into native country, but in this one, is kind of admirable. The movie itself is, of course, only based around people getting a suit that gives them superpowers, so it's kind of like an action movie and kind of like a superhero movie with a big alien invasion plot, and i got to say, nearly 100% of the jokes landed, at least for me. This is definitely one for Rooster Teeth fans, but I can't really recommend it outside of that circle. If you are somebody who does enjoy online video or sketches or anything to do with nerd-related humour, you're probably going to like Laser Team, but I don't see it coming anywhere near anybody's top 10. That being said, I'd probably give it a solid 4 out of 5. It was pretty damn good. Oh, right on the money. Yeah, well done, That was beautiful. Okay, well, that was January. Not not traditionally a time for big movie releases. Um, and 2017 will be no different. We are going to do a 2017 preview podcast uh, in the coming weeks. Yeah, we'll get that out in New Year. Now, what comes next? February, probably. Oh, of course, yes, February. <laughs> uh, Deadpool was, of course, the big thing in, um, in February, but we both liked it, and we have an audio review for that on the site. Please do check that out. Anything else to report in February, Michael? Not from me, no. Oh, I have one uh, in, in February. It was Zoolander 2. Oh, right. This will not take me a minute. Okay. <laughs> um, you have a minute, to, I have a minute to vent, starting now. We should have been more aware of what was about to happen because every single lung gestating comedy sequel, which seems to be like an emerging trend at the moment, ever since Anchorman 2 proved it could be done well, and there has since been a lot of attempts to prove that, no, it can't, Um, including last year's Dumb and Dumber 2, which hurt me more than anything else in 2015, I think. This year, Zoolander 2 took a stab at it, and it had all the original cast. Uh, It basically stuck to the same formula. It had a, it had, um, a lot of you know, updated jokes, kind of, for the the new way we see modelling, like Instagram, stuff like that. But ultimately, it was too much of a tribute to the first movie. It was trying to be too much Zoolander 1. Uh, it felt almost like a remake at times. And it just didn't really do enough to make itself original and fun. There was um, a lot, a lot of problems with it. And I cannot for a second tell you to go and watch. Even There wasn't even a good scene. So... Don't even bother with uh, Zoolander 2. And time. Whoa, that's close. I did need a minute. You did need the minute. Who knew? So, yeah, apparently that sucks. So I'm glad I didn't oh, waste God, my yeah. time. Don't, don't, don't go watch Zoolander 2. Maybe we just should just, you know, enjoy old comedies for what they are. We don't need updates, it turns out. Right, March. Yeah. Uh, three movies in March for me. Yep. Um, I, I'm guessing you didn't see Whiskey Tango Frogstrot. I did not see that movie. Fantastic. No. So you got me a off. minute starting now. 
Uh, Wishy Tango Foxtrot was not something I saw in the cinemas, but I happened to catch uh, whilst I was around my girlfriend's house, whilst it was on TV. Uh, it is Tina Fey going over to, um, uh, I believe, it's Afghanistan to be like a war reporter, and it's about how she you know, pushes the boundaries of what war reporting can be, whilst also dealing with relationships and all this good stuff. Uh, it's ultimately uh, an unimportant movie. I think it's probably the best way to talk about it. It's shot fairly interestingly, and it has a very interesting um, kind of uh, uh, setup and editing for a comedy, primarily a comedy movie, but I'm afraid it falls into that horrible niche of dramedy, which is the worst genre known to man, because he can't decide what it wants to be, so it's terrible at both. Um, I, you know... Certain sects might enjoy this, but I couldn't remember almost anything about it maybe 10 seconds after I finished watching it. Wow, with 10 seconds to spare. Fair enough. Bosh. Bosh. Um, oh, if only we had another four hours to talk about how bad Batman vs. Superman was. Yay. Well, we'll get to that. I'm sure we will. I'm sure we'll get to Batman vs. Superman again. We, we will, but we do have um, an audio review for that. Now, there is one movie, Martin, that we've both seen, yes. but we didn't do a review of. We didn't do a review. Um, which is Zootopia, Zootropolis, let's call the whole thing off. Yeah. Uh, well, you start then, Michael. Have okay. 30 seconds. So, uh, we'll keep an eye on that timer, and okay. my 30 seconds starts now. Zootropia, Zootropolis, whatever you want to call it, was a movie that the first time round I absolutely abhorred. And I don't know why. Because when I thought about it and watched it again, this is probably one of the smartest animated movies to come out in recent memory. And honestly, it shocks me that Pixar did not have a hand in this. This is all Disney animated studios coming off the back of mega hits like Frozen and Big Hero 6. This is the one that made me think the most and one of the ones I think in the years to come I will like the most. Handing over to you now, Darren. Tag me, Michael. Tag. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I almost echo everything you said. I, I came out of it not really feeling a lot of warmth for the movie, but in the time it's taken for me to just sit on it and think about it, it's a very good world-building exercise, fantastic world-building exercises, memorable characters, good jokes out of what isn't a, a kind of outrageous premise, not something wholly original like Inside Out. Um, but yeah, it, it, it does seem weird. This seems like the Pixar movie that Pixar never made. Um, but it is thoroughly enjoyable and I want to watch it again. And time. Excellent. Good Christ, this is hard. I know, it's good though, isn't it? It's really flexing it's our muscles. It's, it's, it's getting us going, it's getting us going. Um, it's just so we can get to the end so we can talk about the good movies. It's going to be so much fun. Exactly. Anything else in March? I don't believe I did see anything in March now. But April? April. Um, yes, we have, um, well, we have Captain America Civil War. We did. We have an audio review. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. I think we'll be talking about that later, I'm fairly certain. Jungle Book. Yes, I did see this. Me too. I'll start this time. Caught this Michael. last night, actually. Oh, wow. So this is fresh off the right under the uh, Right under the wire. Okay. So you, I'll take you saw it as it came out. Uh, yes, I did. I saw it in the cinema. Okay, let's get your cinema review of that starting now. Fantastic CGI. Let's just get that straight out of the way. Really, really good, especially Shere Khan. I'm not even entirely convinced that wasn't just a real tiger. Um, uh, it had good ideas in terms of how it adapted Jungle Book for the new live-action medium. Um, how he handled the songs, how he handled the characters, how he handled the themes. All very well done. Disney just nailed animal movies this year. And I have much more faith than I ever thought I ever would do in a Lion King live action remake, which is coming next. Tag me in, tag me in. So, yeah, I completely echo what you said. This movie was absolutely fantastic. It looked gorgeous, not only in the terms of CGI, but the sets and locations they used, the colours. It's a very vibrant movie. I think the performance by, was it Neil... Something I Patrick forget. Harris, <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris, the guy, who, the kid who plays Mowgli, yeah. is the only person in that movie, and he absolutely one hundred percent carries it. The voice work is excellent. My particular favourite being, of course, Bill Murray as Baloo. 
And that brings us five seconds from the end. And any movie that involves Christopher Walken singing, I want to be like you. That's surprisingly a good rendition of that song. Sorry. Okay, we've we've had our five seconds. That's all we can say. I'm just saying, it's not not as Christopher Walken-y as I was kind of hoping. As as we said in every movie, I want to be, ooh, (laughs) badoo. I want to be like you, ooh, ooh. But it was it was very good. Um, I love that movie. It's great. Right? Did you catch Eddie the Eagle? I didn't catch Eddie the Eagle. It was my intent, but then it went came and went pretty quickly. Uh, do, you, do you need a minute? Uh, I, I won't take a minute, but put me on. Okay, you got um, a minute starting now. Eddie the Eagle was just your very basic feel good middle of the mo- middle of the year movie. Um, had no stakes riding on it and didn't really rise above any expectations I had. Uh, it's fine. It's got some good funny moments in it. You like Eddie the Eagle, played by Taron Egerton, by the end. Um, Hugh Jackman. It's just—it's weird that Hugh Jackman's in a movie like this. It seems like it should be all British cast. He's the type of person Jim Broadbent would usually be playing. <laughs> um, but no, it's—he—he's fine. Everything's fine. It's just fine. You won't remember this. It's no one's favourite movie, but it was okay. Wow, thirty seconds. Fair enough. <laughs> I told you it wouldn't take me that long. Don't blame me at all. Um, so is that, is that that's it for that month? Isn't that's it? me for April. Wow. Okay. Let me just double check my list. Nope. I think we're good. We can carry on. Okay. That brings us to May. Uh, X-Men Apocalypse, we have an audio review, yeah. uh, we were middling to bad uh, on that. Uh, Alice Through the Looking Glass. I didn't watch this movie. Oh, and I'm lucky, lucky son of a bitch. Come on, the first one was dreadful. I know, I know it was, but here we go. The second one is somehow worse. Um, <laughs> like the first one actually has some cohesion. <laughs> some. I'm using that very lightly, but it can kind of connect the dots somehow. B, B, the second movie abandons this idea with just a stupid plot that makes no sense, that robs all joy from the movie and doesn't let Johnny Depp do anything. Um, This was prior to his heel turn, so I was kind of looking forward to Johnny Depp doing some stuff. Um, It's just so mind-bogglingly bad. Like, as an exercise in how to to fuck up a a film series, this is how you do it. They slashed how much money they made on the first movie alone, and that was a piece of shit. So, yeah, this was Alan Rickman's second-to-last movie, and that is a tragedy. (laughs) With 16 seconds to spare. Thank you very much, Darren. Such an awful, awful movie. I can't believe it was that bad. I genuinely can't. Oh, oh, believe it, my son. It's, It's... The worst. <laughs> it's the worst. Uh, yeah, that was it for May. May was not firing all cinders this year. It was not. Anything else from you? Nope, nothing from May. Jesus. Right, June. We're almost halfway through the year already. Good God. We're, We're doing really, really well. We, are. Uh, we have a glut of movies in June. I have three on here. I believe I should have roughly the same number, yeah. Excellent. Um, Warcraft. Now, here's the thing about Warcraft. Um, That episode exists. We recorded a full version of the Warcraft review, um, and then I didn't upload it. So, sorry about that. It's very much... It's not the lost episode, because there are episodes where we've lost the footage. This episode is just ready to go. So, I feel like we should not do the minute, like... For quick one, and let's have a little discussion about Warcraft. Because we've got an episode, we'll release it if you want it, but... Yeah. Uh, we've mainly missed the boat, and it's not a movie really worth talking about exactly. in, in, in great length, I don't think. That's probably why we forgot about the episode. It's <laughs> just so mediocre, it's unreal. I cannot tell you what happened in Warcraft. No. Not a minute removed from seeing the movie, no. and not months removed from seeing the movie. No. I couldn't tell you a single character's name, a single location, a single item. I couldn't tell you the plot points. I couldn't tell you where it started and where it ended. The literal epitome 
of just inconsequential. Yeah, beige. What a shame. Beige. Yeah, it, it was. It didn't have any ambition, despite being an ambitious project. Despite being what can you know, it's essentially the Dungeons and Dragons of the video game world that is already soaked in lore. Yeah, it managed to just completely arse it up. That's what I'm saying. It took it took no risks, despite the fact I think everyone was perfectly okay with it taking risks. I think people were willing, because obviously this was one of the many attempts this year to say, right, now we can do video game movies correctly. And this was perhaps the one I had the most faith in, because I thought, well, this is a, it's a, it's fantasy. Fantasy's in right now. It's got a big budget. It's not like the half arse in this. And, and the the world is so rich with stories that there's so many you could pick from. Neither of us are World of Warcraft players, so we don't know how well it kind of did in terms of um, matching up with the games. And if it did, that's great. But if it did that, it then missed the boat on matching up with what film goers want to see. Yeah, which is a good film, which it was not. Yeah, the only interesting thing about it was how they tried to give both sides of the story like like revenants, and they actually tried to make each side seem, you know, that they gave their reasons for doing what they're doing, and they both seem pretty good. There was an obvious bad guy on the orc side, but there was also good guys on the orc side. That was its problem. <laughs> yeah. The, the the fact that then it gave it gave you too many people to root for meant you had no one to root for ultimately because there was no strong performance to really sway you towards the humans which is led by the guy from Vikings who was just Charlie Hunnam levels of just oh he's there um, <laughs> yeah. and the orc the, the CGI work was okay it looked a bit too video gamey I think that's the problem when you compare it to the Jungle Book which again I only saw the other day no on photorealistic CGI yeah it's kind of hard to give Warcraft the point on that one anymore yeah yeah it, it's no wonder we didn't release the episode as <laughs> this <laughs> Bored we were. With I, I, I think we'll be talking about Warcraft again when it comes to dishonorable mentions. I, I don't think it's necessarily a terrible movie. I just think it's such a yeah, exactly inconsequential, middle of the road shrug of a movie that no one would ever possibly care to see again. Whew! That was fun. Fun. Um, <laughs> Bringing us all down for summer. Well, we can have more fun. We have Finding Dory. Oh, one we haven't reviewed, but one we've both seen. I know. I know. So, um, so this is. I'm looking forward to this one. I'm just going to say that. I'm going to let you start. Okay. Your 30 seconds, Darren, starts now. I'm a big fan of Finding Nemo, which is second only to Toy Story... Well, okay, third behind Toy Story and Toy Story 3 is my favourite Pixar movie. And I think this sequel was fine. It was it was good without being truly great, I think. It, it, it ticked all the boxes I wanted. We got to spend more time with Dory, more time with Nemo, more time with Marlin, CGI, the animation stuff. Fantastic. Looked beautiful. Um, it just lacked that special something that the first one had. But it's a sequel. Most sequels lack that. And in terms of carries on the legacy of Finding Nemo, I don't think it's too bad an idea. Well, good. This movie sent me to sleep. Wow. Seriously. I fell asleep watching this. Not once, twice. Damn. This movie did nothing for me. I'll admit, it's very pretty. And the characters of, like you say, Dory, Nemo, Marlin, they're all interesting. We get to spend time with some returning cats as well. But the new stuff did not interest me in the slightest. I think this is one of Pixar's worst movies ever. Damn! Yeah. Did I not see that coming. Did not like this movie. <laughs> That's interesting. I know, right? I, I, I admit it didn't love the movie, but... I, I, mean, I, so I know that we're going over time. I don't think it's Cars level bad. No. It's not Cars level bad. No. But 
It's a sequel to Finding Nemo. I liked that film. I didn't love it, but I liked that film. This one is just nothing there. It's, it's like, un- unfortunately, it's like most Pixar sequels. Yes. In the kind of months. I know Monsters University was a prequel, but. But even it, then, it, I, I said Monsters University was the better film out and out between mm, the two. I, I think it just. They're, they're solid without truly recapturing the magic, unless it happens to be a Toy Story sequel. I am worried for Incredibles 2. I am so but worried. I'm not worried because, like I said, the, the sequels are, are rarely ever. Bad. No, they're, they're not, not like it. Well, okay, Cars Two, but we haven't. I haven't even seen Cars Two. I just know through osmosis that it's bad. <laughs> and, and it's a sequel to Cars. What did you expect? But I think that's. I think that's good because it, it tempers the the expectations of on Pixar, which I think Pixar's earned at this yeah, point. I think this is going to be um, a, a theme for me going forward. Is the disappointment is worse than being out and out bad? Because when we're out and out bad, we have something to talk about. Something to ridicule, something to actually find a little bit of enjoyment in, in how terrible things yes. are. When movies are just, are just a non-existent, just a waft of air just going past, I think that's even worse, especially from Pixar. Okay, I can see how you can go. I, I disagree, obviously, obviously. but I, I, I do see your point there. Uh, right, that leaves us with just, on my list anyway, Independence Day Resurgence. Um, we have an audio on that, don't we? Yes, we do. We do, okay. <laughs> I even forgot about that. Uh, we didn't like it, no. but feel free to go check out the audio review for that. That's going to be fun talking about. Anything else in June? I don't believe there is. Wow, okay. We are, it seems we're averaging about three movies a, a, a month. Which is, you know, it's still more than most people say. Yeah, true. Uh, July. Yes. Uh, Star Trek Beyond. Yeah. We have an audio have review, review for that. Uh, Secret Life of Pets. I didn't get a chance to see this one, Darren, so you get a full minute on that movie starting now. Very much the less of the animal-based movies this year. Um, it's from the team that brought us Despicable Me, um, Minions, but we forget about Minions. Despicable Me is genuinely quite good. One and two are actually quite funny. This doesn't really ever capture that. I mean, it's fine for a kid's movie, but it's not. it, it doesn't have that sharp wit that Despicable Me has that's turned that into a phenomenon. Um, it's 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 very wishy-washy. And again, had it come out in a different year where we weren't so high on other animal-based movies, I think it might have fared better, but it kind of got lost in the shuffle this year. With 26 seconds left to spare, well done. Tell you what, add that 26 seconds to my quick view of Bad Moms. Okay, go. It's uh, The Hangover for women, and um, and it's fine. It, it had some good laughs. It, it passed the time pretty efficiently. Um I wouldn't say it's a special comedy, but it, it's fine. It provided laughs, which is as most as you can get it in most comedies this year, because it was yet again not had a good year for comedy. And whilst this wasn't the shining crane jewel of comedy this year, it was fine. And that, perfect. Well done. <laughs> there we go. Well, that was a quick one. Surely you must have something else to add on in July. July? No, I don't believe I do. Unless well, it, it's a movie that we've both seen no, together. But, no, I, my, my, my next ones are, I think... August, October and December are the ones that I have seen that you haven't. Okay, that's fine. Well, then we'll roll on to August. Yep. Oh, Suicide Squad. We've got a review. We've got a review. Let's go and listen. Squad. Jesus Christ. Now, we have two movies in August I know we've both seen. Yes. Um, And we didn't actually end up doing reviews of them because they're comedies. We were going to do a double bill, weren't we? We were, and but... And then I... I didn't see Sausage Party. Mm-hmm. But we both saw Popstar Never Stop, Never Stopping. Uh, do you want to do Sausage Party first? Yeah, we can. I, I can do Sausage Party. Did you not end up seeing it at all? No, I completely skipped on okay, it. Okay, cool. a, a mutual friend of ours told me it was complete garbage. Yes, so there we um, go. 
minutes starting now. And I'm here to tell you it is complete garbage. <laughs> it is it is such a waste of an opportunity because it seems like Seth Rogen got his opportunity to make this movie and instead of going, how do you make a good comedy? They thought, how can we put in a movie so many things that Pixar would never do? It mm. felt like pushing the envelope in that direction of like what would Pixar never do became more important than let's make funny videos. So it is occasionally funny, but I think the juxtaposition doesn't really work because they're not clever about it. They're just vulgar about things. And the ending scene is one of the most baffling things in human history. <laughs> it is a food sex orgy. Oh. And it is, yeah, just them, um, just, just fucking sausages and bagels just, just going at it and get gazed of and, and munching and, and all this. Jeez. It's a hellscape. Um <laughs> And it isn't funny, it's just genuinely disturbing. So, no, Sausage Party was a hell of a disappointment this year. We had five seconds left to spare. Well, oh, no. God, I'll never get over that last scene. <laughs> a like, food orgy. A food orgy. You know when Mighty Boo stops being funny and just starts getting really uncomfortably weird? Yeah. That, for about <laughs> five minutes. Jesus. Like, oh, huh. um, <laughs> Uh, well, so Popstar Never Stop Never Stopping. Yeah. We have both seen. Uh, yeah. I'll let you start on this moment. Okay, my 30 seconds starts. Now, I fell in love with this movie. I'm not going to lie with you. Um, it's exactly what you'd expect from a Lonely Island movie. I actually kind of feel that in a weird way, but not to the extent of this movie I'm comparing it to, but it kind of feels like this generation's This Is Spinal Tap. In as much that Spinal Tap ripped off the uh, classic rock world, this one goes for the dance music EDM sort of pop music as it would. I think it's one of the best movies I've seen this year, frankly, and I love the soundtrack like a son. Darren, tagging you in. I I wasn't as hot on this. I think it was fine. I, I think the the songs are very very strong. The Bin Laden song and all that jazz is very 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 good. But I think the in between parts weren't as funny as they perhaps could have been. There was a few missed jokes here and there. and I, I struggle to remember the jokes that weren't in the songs six months removed from this movie. So whilst it was fine, it doesn't crack my top ten in any way, shape or form. With six seconds left to spare. Thank you, Darren. Okie dokie. Right, that's August. Oh, I saw nothing in September. Nothing? Not a thing. I don't think I saw anything either. <laughs> Let me once again check the list. You had such a tone of surprise there when I said I'd seen nothing in September, and you were exactly the same. I know. I think I was just busy. Yeah, I saw nothing in September. Holy the, crap. I wonder what came out in September. We should look that up. Um, October, yes. Doctor Strange. Yes. Both seen it. We have an audio review. Now, I do have one for this. Ooh. Actually, um, yes. I, I don't know whether it came out in August, October, or um, Maybe it September. was September. Maybe it was September, but we're just going to do my minute review of it now. Uh, Kubo and the Two Strings. I will out. look up whilst you are... Whilst you were reviewing. Okay, I'll keep an eye on the clock because my minute starts. Now, this movie is absolutely gorgeous, beautiful, and I genuinely fell in love with it from minute one. If you don't know anything about Kubo and the Two Strings, it's from the same uh, company that brought you Coraline in the past, as well as movies like The Box Trolls. And I think it surpasses Coraline. I think it's genuinely that brilliant. This is as close as we're going to get to a Legend of Zelda movie, I think, that we're ever going to see. It's about uh, this boy going on a quest in order to save his parents and the world from uh, some kind of ethereal demons. It's all based on uh, Japanese folklore, but takes its own interesting twist on that. The voice work is excellent. I did not expect Charlize Theron and Matthew McConaughey, of all people, to be doing this movie, but they do it and they bring the goddamn thunder. It's a wonderful art style. It's stop motion, if you didn't know about that. That's kind of the Leica Studio uh, trademark to do uh, stop motion. It also used origami in its stop motion as well. Holy damn, this music, music, the music, the movie is beautiful, and the ending song, which is a cover of um, While My Guitar Gently Weeps, is fantastic. I love it. 
There we go, just in time, just a minute. Damn, um, it was released in September. Was so it? We now have one for every month. <laughs> yeah! Go team. Okay, we did I'm it. very proud of us. The Legend of Zelda movie, Michael. It's, it's so Zelda, oh, it's that, unreal. That, that's a hell of a thing to claim. Um, really, it's it's so like Legend of Zelda. You, I think you would love it. Plus, a movie with Matthew McConaughey that you like? Yes. You don't like McConaughey. The, the McConaughey is the here. The McConaughey is here in <laughs> Fair Entertainment, finally. Why have I closed my phone? Um, okay, yes, yeah, so that was that was September. <laughs> October? <laughs> Anything we know from October that wasn't Doctor Strange? No, my last um, my, my last movie that you haven't seen is in December because it came out okay. a couple of days um, ago. November then, Fantastic Beast. I've seen it. It's an audio view. Check it out. Yes. Uh, December. Well, we'll start with your thing that I haven't seen. Okay, then. It's Moana. Oh, yes. I December. didn't intend to watch Moana. I'm sorry, Rock. I'm sorry. I still love you. Alrighty. Shall we do the second start from now? Yeah. This was a good movie, but not necessarily one I think that's really going to rank very high. There's been a lot of hype around this movie, and I think that's not, it's mostly in part to the fact that The Rock's in this movie, mm. and also it's going off the back of Frozen of having a female protagonist. This one I genuinely do like more than the protagonist in Frozen. And Moana's a fantastic character. Doesn't really get a lot of character built throughout the movie. She's just kind of very strong from the beginning. But her interactions with uh, Maui, who is the character that The Rock plays, is genuinely entertaining. It's a very, very pretty movie. Lots of bright, vibrant colours that I do like to see in my animation movies. The songs are mostly forgettable because every Disney movie has to be a musical for some reason, unless it's called Big Hero 6. This one's not exactly a classic, I don't think. But certainly very enjoyable and about 6,000 degrees better than Finding Dory. I actually stayed awake and liked this one. The third act's a bit shit, but otherwise, it's okay. Yay! That's it then, I think. Well, of course, there was Rogue One as well in December. Which we have a review. review. Go and listen to that. Right. Well, thank you for sticking with us through that, everybody. We now get to get to the end of year awards. Now, me and Michael don't know each other's um, awards at this point. Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to find out what we've done. Now we'll start with the bad movies, I think. Yeah, I um, have some dishonorable mentions and a worst off. I have exactly the same. Let's see if we. Um, I I have them in order. Okay, helps. Same. So so my fifth worst movie of the year. Have you got? Have you got five yeah, as well? Yeah, we shoot. Yes. Okay. Three, two, one, shoot. Independence Zoolander Day 2. 2. Okay. okay. Both sequels. Both sequels to nineties movies that really should be left alone. Yes. Independence Day two um, is just. I could. I didn't have the heart to put it higher on dishonorable mentions because we had such a fun time watching yeah, it. Yeah, we did. I think that's what saved it from my dishonorable mentions. List. Scared dog saved that movie. <laughs> Scared dog, fast Jewish man driving a bus, <laughs> yeah. Goldblum uh, doing Goldblum things. Fantastic. Yeah, that that movie doesn't deserve to be the worst, but God damn, it was not a good movie. I think and it sh- did the worst thing imaginable. It's set up for a sequel. It won't get it. <laughs> exactly. I think shouting over each other is actually a bad idea, Michael. So okay. we'll just um, well, uh, sausage party was my number four. Okay. Um, I just like I said, it was just they they were more interested in doing in doing stuff that had never been done in animation, without it being funny. And I think they lost sight of that at some point, and it just kind of became a mess. Fourth bottom for me is X Men Apocalypse. Not only do you make a movie that's just so unentertaining, mm-hmm. you really start messing with the canon. Especially when you've come off the back of the mega hit Deadpool, which was a fantastic movie. This was, it, it definitely felt like five steps forward from Deadpool and ten steps back from from Apocalypse. Let's, let's just hope that this franchise gets better, because if this is the ending point for the new cast, it's a very sombre moment for mm-hmm. the comic book movie world. Oh, 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 I'll speak on that in a moment. Um, number three was Batman vs Superman uh, for me. I think 
saved from from really being pushed higher up the list by that just fantastic fantastic final battle between Doomsday and 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 the Trinity which was off the scales great like no doubt about it in my mind that's one of the best action scenes we've seen this year fantastic outside of that it's awful it's truly awful like everything about it is bad there is not a single per okay batman batfleck comes out of it somewhat okay but he's killing people and that does not help um so yeah from direction to editing to sound to to acting just a lot of fouls across the board saved by the miraculous work of the cgi department at the end my third worst is suicide squad a movie that continuously got worse the more i thought about it and one that i think we gave a middling review to and I yeah. kind of wish we could retract the middleness because there's just nothing to like in this movie. It's just a foul, uninteresting, not very likable movie, which I suppose fits the whole heroes, bad guys, the heroes sort of thing. But then you know that this did gangbusters. This was the third highest grossing movie in the UK mm-hmm. and I think seventh worldwide. That's kind of depressing when you think about it, especially because we're now supposedly going to be getting a Harley and Joker spin-off movie, which I'm sure that all the kids who think that they like comic books are going to eat up and they're going to just absolutely destroy those characters. I'm very fond of Harley, as you know. There are some good performances in that movie. Margot Robbie as Harley isn't too bad. The costume's not great. Will Smith as Deadshot isn't too bad. You know, the costume looks fine. It's okay. Everything else is just dross. I think because I only ever watched it once and then immediately stopped thinking about it, it does not make it onto my top five worst list. Wow, really? Like, like it was, f- like, I, I remember it just being like, well, it's below average, but it's not miles below average. It's nowhere near as bad as these movies. Yeah. Um, for example, number two, Warcraft. If good is defined, if bad is defined as the absence of good, Warcraft is a bad movie. Yeah. <laughs> because there is nothing redeeming about this movie at all. The the battle scenes aren't particularly great. The characters are just paper thin and forgettable. And it's just so convoluted at times, but it really, really didn't need to be. It has a it, fair play for trying to tell at least a slightly complicated story, but it fails miserably. I don't know what that word was. Um, <laughs> miserably. Miserably. Uh, trying to do that. So, yeah, that comes in the silver medal. Yeah. Uh, this is very much an echo chamber in the minutes. My silver medal is Batman versus Superman. Ooh. Uh, silver medal of badness. I don't even think that that action bit at the end saved it what saved it for me the only redeeming factor for me was Ben Affleck as Batman uh, although he was killing people you can't say the the fight in the warehouse where he took down a bunch of dudes Batman style that was, yeah. it looked straight like an Arkham game mm-hmm. that's the only praise I will ever give this movie fuck it to death <laughs> Fuck them all to death! I'm going to start fucking them all to death! Oh. Right, so I know for a fact my worst movie is not on your list because um, you didn't see it. I didn't see it. Uh, it was Alice Through the Looking Glass. <laughs> if you couldn't tell. That was just the most torturous two hours of my life. <laughs> of just nothing good happened. It's so up its own arse. Someone really need to stop in. Step in and stop Tim Burton. He didn't even direct this and it's still his fault. Um, <laughs> and that's just, oh God, it's so bad. I mean, it made sense for Disney to make a sequel. It was the highest grossing, one of the first billion dollar grossing movies Ever possibly the highest grossing movie of the year it came out. I'll double check that, but it was close, if not the top, you know, at least in the top three. And yet to make it fail harder on every single aspect over and above the first movie, which already failed quite a lot, <laughs> is just unbelievably bad. Reflected in its box office numbers, as I said, it brought in I think a third of what the first one did. And uh, it's not—I don't think it's in the top twenty for the highest grossing movie this year. It's just so abhorrently bad. I cannot tell you how much you don't need to see this movie. And welcome back to the Echo Chamber. My worst movie is Warcraft. Wow! Like you said, if the uh, definition of bad is the absence of good, 
this is a bad movie. If the definition of pointless is the absence of context, this movie is pointless. If the definition of fuck my life is Warcraft, then you've got the right dictionary in hand. <laughs> this movie is just the worst, and it's not even trying to be bad, and there are parts of it that are good, but it's just such a non-entity. A waste of time, a waste of money, a waste of an IP. The guys who make the trailers for World of Warcraft, I think they're called Blur Studios, Let's just give them the the contract and they can make like a good Warcraft movie or a good Overwatch movie or a good StarCraft movie. Let's stop pretending that the video game movies aren't just glorified cutscenes. I think if there was going to be the last nail in the coffin for video game movies is probably going to be Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. But this is this is sitting on the thing waiting for the hammer to come down. Yeah. I, yeah, it's so bad that we spent an hour talking about it and then forgot about it immediately afterwards. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's just that, yeah. I so, wow, Warcraft comes out with the worst rating from us. Yeah. A silver medal and a gold medal of yeah. shit. This thing, it's not even like I was, like, angry at how bad it was. It was just so nothing. <laughs> the big old bag of nothing. <laughs> A £400 million bag of nothing at all happening. It's like, this movie pleased nobody. No. Who was this for? <laughs> <laughs> okay, right, that's the crap done. Yeah, let's move on to the better. Oh, this is gonna be fun. I'm looking okay. forward to this. Um, now, now you told me before you started that your number ten best place is shared. Yes, I'm going to mirror that after discussing this movie. I feel like it has to be a shared place. Okay, that's fine. So go ahead with your number uh, ten. Well, now the reason I couldn't split mine is because they're very, very, very similar. They're both Disney movies, and they both involve talking animals. This is Jungle Book and Zootopia coming in at exactly the same place, but right, I could okay. not split them. One, the Zootropolis side of things is, is like I said, great world building, a lot of fun characters that I can remember. Um, um, some funny jokes. Now, obviously, not a, it wasn't like a rapid fire comedy, but a lot of good visual jokes. I always appreciate in animated movies. And yeah, I when the sequel rolls around, I'll happily go and watch that. Zoo, Jungle Book, on the other hand, great leaps forward in terms of CGI. Truly photorealistic things at some points. Again, I am genuinely not convinced that some scenes are not just Shere Khan as an actual tiger. Because like, the elephants are the only thing that look bad in the entire movie. The elephants, for some reason, do not look great. But, yeah, if you can make a, a what, 20-foot, 30-foot tall orangutan look believable, you've done a hell of a job. And music was great, everything's great. And like I said, I'm now gone from a place of apathy slash worry about a live-action Lion King to genuinely looking forward to it if the same team here is doing that movie. Yeah, John Favreau directs that. I'm there yep. already. Yeah, hell yeah. So welcome back to the Echo Chamber, because uh, my shared top ten is Jungle Book and Creed. Ooh, yeah. okay. That might be a bit of an upset for you to put Creed so low, low down on this list, mm-hmm. but I did see... I should have actually mentioned that there are some more movies that I um, have seen that should have done a little review on to put, prepare this top ten now that I think about it. But we'll get to those surprises later on. Okay. Um... I echo everything you say about Jungle Book, and I think in just in terms of just storytelling, it takes a it takes a book that was split up by several different short stories, both Rudyard Kipling and of course the Disney animated version, and kind of bridges them together really quite beautifully. It's just such a well made movie. If this is the standard that we can do when it comes to green screen CGI movies, then everything should be this good. Obviously, it's, it seems to be only the House of Mouse that can get this right nowadays, but. Jesus Christ, I did not expect to love The Jungle Book. Now, Creed, it was higher until a lot of movies pushed this down. Right. Most of this year, Creed was riding the tide wave 
all the way to the end of the movie and it was going to make my top 10. Unfortunately, it got overtaken by a lot of stuff. It was a lot higher on my list, but I could not leave it off. It's it's genuinely brilliant. Yeah. It's It has, I think, what should have been the Oscar-winning performance from Sylvester Stallone. I think that uh, Michael B. Jordan's great in this movie. We get we got to see Tessa Thompson in her first proper Hollywood starring role that I know of. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that she's going to be back for Thor Ragnarok. Oh, That's yeah. going to be great. All in all, like if you're going to do a sequel to the Rocky movies where you're not certain that you're going to get Rocky anymore, setting up for Creed, and I think hopefully this get, movie gets a sequel. Yeah, I, I think it deserves it, to be honest, because this is very much... In the way that Force Awakens was a, was a tribute to New Hope, this is a tribute to, say, an earlier Rocky movie... Yeah. But it's somehow still fresh and the yeah. characters interact beautifully. I think it's a great movie. We do have a full review of this, so I'm going to cut myself off there. More on that later. Uh, number nine, Finding Dory. Wow, we we didn't really... We weren't hot on that movie and yet it's made your top ten. Well, I, look, I liked it. I, I, I did enjoy my time. I don't regret, you know, it being a, a premise. It's not something... I'm not annoyed that Pixar didn't try and do something original as opposed to doing this because... It brought in a new... I know it was basically just a, a role reversal for, oh, we've lost Dory this time as opposed to Nemo, but there was some genuinely quite funny moments. The beluga whale, in particular, is hilarious. Oh, um, stupid. <laughs> it is your destiny, destiny. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Um, I just think <clears throat> it, it's obviously going to draw comparisons to its original, which it is not. It's going to draw comparisons to the, the, the brighter lights of Pixar, which it isn't. But... It's in that middle chunk of Pixar movies, alongside the likes of Toy Story 2 and, and Monsters University, of just solid, good, I enjoyed my time. I wouldn't necessarily you know, lose any tears if they announced um, they're doing a third one. Uh, this movie didn't make me you know, apoplectic. Oh, no, you can't do a third one. But on the other hand, I wouldn't be surprised if this is it now for the Finding Dory, Finding Nemo franchise, and we're going to move on to new IPs in the future. Hopefully. Uh, so here's one movie I should have mentioned I saw. Uh, my number nine is my Scientology movie by Louis Theroux. Oh wow! I got to see it. Oh, you lucky bugger! I'm so happy about it, and it, it made my top ten. This is one of those very late entries I just recently saw. Um, Luther is obviously known for creating some of the best documentaries. Let's not make yeah. any, any qualms about that. He's one of the best documentary filmmakers out there. By the way, please check out the Facebook page Louis Theroux without context. Yes, I love that. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's pleasing you. <laughs> um, but this movie is. I, I haven't really genuinely felt fear about something that he investigates. Um, I've, I've often felt like like odd sense of, senses of apathy, empathy, um, hatred, etc., etc. And he definitely humanises people a lot. This movie shows that there is no humanising Scientologists, which is genuinely interesting. It, it shows that how ruthless and aggressive they are, how, how they've become almost militarised in a sense. They are scary. And and to watch Louis Theroux, I think, in his prime, because I can remember only one time that Louis Theroux actually lost it on camera. Yeah. Um, during the um, Westboro Baptist Church. Yeah. Holy crap, that they, they yeah, nearly broke him. Yep. It's a wonder that the Scientologists didn't break Louis in this one, because damn, they scary. They scary. They scary? And, and I like the idea that because they wouldn't let him do so the the interior look as it were that he tries to make his own movie about Scientology and the spin-off of that it definitely feels more like a, this is going to sound weird but definitely more like a Louis Theroux road trip movie than it does I'm going to go inside Scientology because they genuinely wouldn't let him but it opens a lot of eyes I, I think after watching this movie it, it's, it's very high up in terms of documentaries ever and 
and I think people should be scared. That's not a, <laughs> not a good way to end that one, but it, it's terrifying and it's really good. Damn, I need to watch that movie. I forgot another movie that that came out because I think it came out in October. I don't need I don't need a minute. Go on. Uh, the movie's called Don't Breathe. It's okay. There we go. I accidentally renamed that movie Donkey Punch the Movie because it contains Stephen Lang as a blind man trying to punch something. So all the cl- punches are really close up, so he does it like this. Oh, wow. <laughs> so Donkey Punch the Movie. It, did, was, it was fine. Did you not get round to uh, Swiss Army Man this year? No, I didn't. Oh, fantastic. Is that on your list? No, it isn't. Ah. Um, I don't need to see Daniel Radcliffe as a corpse farting on an island. That's Fair fine. Enough. We've pulled Dano. That's fine. Paul um, Dano. <laughs> uh, right. Um, number eight, Star Trek Beyond. Well, that made your list. Oh, it did. Um, it was It was solid. To good in parts, like there's some quite fun bits. I think they they gave it a storyline that allowed it to show its best part, which is the character relationships. Um, it, it toned it down a bit on the on the space action, and I, I go back and forth on the Beastie Boys scene yeah. of like, is this truly stupid or is this like genius? <laughs> I can't tell. Um, so I've settled on it, stupid genius. Um, and yeah, it's it's memorable at the very least. I can remember a lot more about this movie than a lot of other sci-fi things. I can almost remember nothing about. Um, Independence Day Resurgent, for example. Yeah. I can remember quite a few things from Star Trek Beyond. So, thumbs up for you, Star Trek Beyond. Yay. My number eight are we on? Yes, no right. My number eight is Doctor Strange. Wow. Yeah. Damn. I saw a lot of movies this year that are genuinely better than Doctor Strange. And that's coming from... This is where I think we start to get to the very impressive movies on my yeah. list. Yeah. Because Doctor Strange is very impressive. It's not the best Marvel movie. It's not the best, you know, CG work. It looks great, I'm not going to lie. In terms of mind-bending visuals, it's certainly one of the best this year. Performances are absolutely fantastic. I think that Tilda Swinton was an absolute knockout hit, and it's a shame she probably won't be back for the sequel. Is that a minor spoiler? Probably. (laughs) Probably. But who cares? This movie is very, very solid and good, and unfortunately, because it has to contend with other Marvel movies that are so great, like Winter Soldier, like Civil War, like Avengers, like Avengers 2 to a certain extent, it doesn't quite reach the high ranks this year. But it's by no means a bad movie. It makes his top ten gracefully. It was already on there by the time I'd seen it. Mm-hmm. I just didn't realise it would be this low. Wow, I did not see that coming. That is a very big... Now, something you probably didn't see coming, and I'm a little bit ashamed of. You'll never see it coming. I have to go with X-Men Apocalypse at number seven. No! Let me explain, let me explain, let me explain. Darren, there is no amount of explaining. Wait, 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 wait. It was originally at number ten. I'm just like, well, it's still an X-Men movie. <laughs> it still gives that little bit of a hit. But I recently got it on Blu-ray and watched it again. I think I liked it a bit more when I've watched it on Blu-ray than I did in the cinema. I know I sound like an addict, and I probably You do am. sound like an I'm addict. I'm going to come back and... Because and, and, this has changed several times of where it was on my, on my ranking. But I was like, ultimately, like, yes, there are some really stupid parts. Like, moving the carpet that apparently no one's done in 10,000 years <laughs> yeah. to let the light hit the pyramid to turn Apocalypse on. That was contrived. To turn um, Apocalypse and on. I don't think... It's so true, it's just a light switch. It's, it's just a light switch. Um, and apparently this carpet is impenetrable. <laughs> um, um, okay, so there's that. But also, you know, and, and I don't think Apocalypse is great, but I don't think it's as bad as I initially thought he was. Like, like, like he's fine. I think if, if again, it's comparisons to what Apocalypse could have been that ruined Apocalypse more so than what he was. I think this movie's in the wrong place in your list, I really I, 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 oh, Look, we'll come back to this in a year's time. We I have like, undying praise for Jungle Book, and you put that at number 10. That is a good Look point. at your life. Look at your choices. Okay, right. <laughs> Everything I've just mentioned has moved up a place. I'm going to have to put this at number 10. <laughs> just truly... 
But there is some really, like, the Quicksilver scene is genuinely quite good. And yeah, I do like everyone they've cast as the young X-Men, young Cyclops, young Green Grey, da 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 It's good, but yeah. You've talked me around there, Michael. Thank you, thank you, thank you for getting me through my so, addiction. So, what there, actually Michael. was your number seven? Now that we've okay, so 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 hang on. So that's number ten. <laughs> Nine, eight. We're so, a professional so podcast. Star Trek was number seven. Okay. Now. So, Michael, uh, my number seven is Zootopia. I need to rewrite my article now. You do, yeah. I'll don't worry, I'll edit it for you. Um, Zootopia is at number seven for being the only Disney movie I think that's ever actually challenged me. Um, wow. Because, like I said, I hated it the first time I watched it. I was like, this, this is just, I don't, I didn't get the hype, I didn't get the message, and etc. And, like, and only by watching it again and actually just like thinking about the movie solidly for a few days did I realise that the bit that I really hated, there's a scene in this movie, maybe this is spoiling something, um, one, one of our main characters, Judy Hopps, is giving a press junket about um, animals going uh, sort of savage, as yep. it were. And... It's it's this it's very close to the knuckle commentary on racism, essentially that's what it is, and it and I just I hated how Nick Wilde, which is the other character in this movie, Fox, flew off the handle at what she said. I was like, this makes no sense, and then, and then it finally hit me that like, wow, this character, this this cartoon character, took offence at a racist slur. That's kind of genius. That's kind mm-hmm. of. That's character progression that you don't get in an animated movie no. 99.9% of the time. And Zootopia is that 0.1% of animated movies that dares to be cleverer than I think it has any right to be. Mm-hmm. But does it right? This isn't Inside Out, like where it's so far up its own arse, it can you know it can see last night's dinner. Yeah. This is doing it right. This is social commentary for kids on the right level. Yeah. That's why I think it deserves to be this high. So smart. Very smart movie. So, so many smart ideas went into that movie. I could have done without Shakira Goat. Yeah. But other than that... I think we could all do without Shakira Goat. Yeah. <laughs> Hell of a sentence. Other than that, pretty perfect. It felt like... Because it, it felt like the good ideas that should have been inside out, but done properly. Yes. Of, like, good ideas not going too far, like Pixar didn't go up their own arse of how smart and clever their ideas are. Just, just keep it on that fine side of the line. Uh, right, number six is where we find Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. Fair enough. Um, which which was good to solid. Um, I, I I liked a lot of things. There's obviously some problems I had, which you can hear it there, full review. Um, but Jacob Kowalski uh, alone is worth a few places. Yeah. I've just been the best character of the year. I'm going to say right now, he's my favourite new character of the entire year. Um, I, I, the spells were good, creatures were good, special effects were great. Um, Storyline was basically non-existent, but it eventually got there. It got to where it needed to be at the end. A few dud characters didn't help. Perhaps if it wasn't for them, this would be this would be higher. Yeah, but... I think Jacob and Queenie made that movie. Yeah, and a, a solid foundation that's got me looking forward to what's coming next. Yeah, that's good. My number six, if you can believe it, is Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping. Oh, okay. Like I said, I just I love this movie and. Not top five, love it. It's it's not top five. No, it recently, and I mean last night, got pushed out the top five okay. uh, by a movie that I saw, um, which we'll be talking about in a minute. And mm-hmm. I know for a fact that that movie will not be on your top ten. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Popstar is one of my favourite. Co- it's the last comedy I've properly enjoyed in theatres in recent memory. Mm-hmm. I think not counting very much situational, like say Borat, for example. Yeah. It's a comedy that I, I, I just came out 
and was just 100% happy with it. Mm-hmm. I'll admit, I'll concede that there are some scenes that are inconsequential, bits yeah. that drag, cut cameos that don't make any sense. But cameos that do make sense, like Seal, like <laughs> scenes like that, I just remember so, so vividly, remember just enjoying every second, and the songs are great. Yeah. Just, the Bin Laden song is amazing. I really like Humboldt. There's another song called Turn Up the Beef where it gets a full version on the album and it's just genius and I love Fantastic. it. It's Lonely Island. Not at the top of their game, but certainly better than the third album that they did. Yeah. So it's better than the Whack album, which in itself should be a glorious return to form. God, the Bin Laden song is one of the best songs this year. It really and The one with Pinkin, <laughs> I can't remember what it's called, but the one with Pinkin was... Oh, uh, oh God, yeah. Um... The one about uh, you not being gay. Yeah, yeah. I think it's called Equal Rights. Equal Rights. No, yeah, yeah. That's that, that, that. Is that true? I'm not gay. <laughs> Titty sport. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> See, that's got you laughing. Yeah. That's that. This movie is a memorable comedy movie. That's very rare outside of movies like Anchorman. And what Spinal happened Tap. to comedy movies? They, they died a death apart I mean, from this movie, apparently. Why him doesn't look like it's too bad. I hope to give that a, a try uh, in the new year. That has a critical goddamn panning going on right now. Really? Apparently it's dreadful. But it's, it's B-Cray. It is B-Cray. It's B-Cray in a comedy. That doesn't happen anymore. I know. Oh, God. Um, okay. Now we're into the top five. We are in the top five. My number five, Doctor Strange. I, I agree. It's, it's, it's not It's not one of the absolute five-star Marvel movies we've had, but I think it's pretty good. I mean, it, it introduced a new character in an effective way. Uh, a lot of new storytelling ideas that we haven't seen yet in the Marvel movie. A lot of new power sets. A lot of new effects we've never got to see before. Um, it, it, I think again, it's got a bit of the villain problem in that you're not really ever behind Mad Mickelson as the villain. He does better, I think. He's better than some of the Farewell ones. He's definitely better than Ronan the Accuser. He's definitely better than Malachi for the Accursed because um, he's got some good points and some conspiracies. But some of the conspiracies, like the stuff surrounding the Ancient One, doesn't really work for me. I just kind of. Um, uh, pollute things a little bit and the ending whilst being smart and I appreciate it being smart and not just a big blowy up battle thing I I, I just felt like uh, oh I don't <laughs> know if that just freaks me as being a bad movie goer that I must have explosions <laughs> and fun at the end of my movie and not some smart decision making on the, that's what, the protagonist on, on a weird note that's what made Moana lose their position in the top 10 because they tried at the end to have a big explodey bit and I'm like this does not suit this movie right and I think, but it, it does suit Doctor Strange. That's the thing. Yeah, he, it does. He's it's a superhero. Exactly. He's outsmarted an unstoppable force, which is fine. But I, I just can't pull myself away from feeling like I just, it wasn't. It wasn't the Marvel movie. But think ending. about. Think about. We get to see the big explosion with Doctor Strange in Infinity War. That's yeah, true. To, true. To look forward to. But keeping yeah. you coming back. So these are some of the the small points that made this just a top five movie as opposed to a top three movie. Number five, and a movie I guarantee. I'd be very surprised if you even know what this movie is. Go on. Uh, this movie is, is entitled Your Name. Never heard of it. Yes, because it's an anime movie. Oh, God. Uh, this is directed by Makoto Shinkai, which I believe... Um, oh, Shinkai. Yeah, that cool. guy. Shinsuke Nakamura. No. <laughs> hey! hey! Wrestling reference. We knew there was going to be one. Uh, no, uh, Makoto Shinkai, I think, is... Please stop. <laughs> Sorry, go on. There's always one. Um... It is a name, Makoto Shinkai is the name I think we should be looking out for because now that Hayao Miyazaki is not making any more movies, really, he will come back. Oh, oh, he's the Studio Ghibli guy. He is the Studio I Ghibli know guy. Things. You did a thing. But yeah, this is not a Ghibli movie and I think it's better than the Ghibli movie that came out this year. This is, mm-hmm. this is why um, when Marnie was there is not on my top ten. This movie pushed it out. 
Um, it's a genuinely heartbreaking and effective. I I don't want to spoil why that it's heartbreaking, but the basic Michael. the basic premise is um, that this girl and this boy magically wake up in each other's bodies. The girl is from a very rural. Um, Ishinomori, I believe, is, is the name of the small town she's from, and she's very rural, led into Shinto religion and sort of shrines and stuff like that. The boy lives in Tokyo. He's got a modern life. He works a wait, waiting job, etc. They wake up in each other's bodies um, every other day whilst these comets in the sky. Uh, so, so like, say for a month, for example, Monday they're there themselves, Tuesday they're the other person. They don't remember what the other person did, so they have to leave messages on their phones to each other, saying. This is what I did whilst I was you. Um, and there's a fact... And again, I don't want to spoil it, but there's a point in this movie where everything sort of like stops being happy-go-lucky and fun and starts getting really quite serious, dramatic, genuinely... I mean, this is the most I've been invested in animated characters this year, save for one more animated movie, which is coming up. But okay. Okay. <laughs> just to bait you there... Um, one of my favourite anime movies of all time. This beats a lot of Ghibli stuff. This is perfection when it comes to anime holy crap it was good and i'm glad it got a theatrical release not only in the states but a limited run here as well cool thank, thank you electric cinema oh well done electric cinema you you little horse that could um i know one thing about miyazaki because he came from a podcast apparently there's a video of him destroying a man's life <laughs> no way apparently this like animation guy comes to show him this new technology is built and he's you know obviously expecting a lot of praise from miyazaki but miyazaki after a very concise cut down of his thing, calls his invention an insult to life itself. <laughs> and it's all documented. No. You have a camera in this guy's face as he's, you know, not his mentor, but someone he's obviously looked up to. The guy in Japanese animation tells him that the thing he's been working on for a long time is an insult, insult to life itself. Holy shit. I need to watch that video. Uh, right. Okay, um, so that was a left-field choice from you. I will say there's no left-field choices left on my uh, top five at all. Number four, Creed. I am disgusting you for putting it that low. <laughs> now, obviously, you're not as big a Rocky fan as I am. That's true. Because I am just a huge Rocky fan, and this was everything I could ever possibly want from a Rocky sequel um, that wasn't Rocky Five. Uh, <laughs> 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 you don't talk about it. Uh, yeah, this was, this was really good. I mean, this could have gone terribly wrong. Um, this could have been like, oh, now we've got to accept it. It could have been Shia LaBeouf in in this kind of fever dream I had of an Indiana Jones four movie that doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> uh, it could have been, it could have been as disastrous as that. Potentially could have been had it existed. Um, <laughs> but um, no, this was this was a great, great passing the choice. Michael B. Jordan does great. You you automatically root for him. He's different from Rocky. He's not your kind of. He's not. You know, he's not a kind of slow learner, but a big heart who's just trying to make his way in the world. He's a bit of a punk kid when you first meet him. And it's not that he loses that entirely. He's still a little bit, you know, aggressive. But Rocky and and, uh, Tess Thompson do bring him down. They do, you know, smooth out his rough edges and turn him into a very likeable person by the end of the movie. Great acting, great shot. I know, did think it was directed by um, by Stallone. Completely forgetting that yes. Ryan Coogler actually directed. This. Oh, yeah. so we might be a while away from the Creed sequel because obviously Ryan Coogler's off doing uh, Black, Black Panther. Panther. So uh, Michael B. Jordan is in, by the way. So screw the Human Torch. We've already got rid of him. <laughs> um, this was yeah, and Sylvester Stallone is so so so. so 
so goddamn good in this movie. Ridiculous. Like, perhaps his best acting turn in a Rocky movie. Yeah. Because obviously he can't rely on his physical attributes anymore to pull the movie through with the boxing side of things. He's had to switch over. And it turns out, as we most of us know, if you've watched anything other than Rocky and Rambo movies from Sloan, he can act when he wants to. And good God does he do it here. And just that, that kind of new Rocky montage... Of um, Apollo, of um, Apollo Creed, not Apollo Creed. Uh, God damn it, um, Adonis, um, Creed. Adonis Creed training whilst Rocky's doing a whole new type of training and trying to condition himself for the things he's got to battle. Wonderful, magical, beautiful, and I just cannot get over how good this was. I, like I said, I saw it in January, and it was never in doubt that this would be in my top five. Absolutely, <laughs> all the way through the year, I'm like. I'm better than Creed, though, is it? Other than <laughs> three movies that managed to top it. But yeah, Creed, yeah. number four, fantastic movie. And, and I'm now excited. I'm even more excited now for the future of the Rocky franchise. Something I couldn't say coming out to Rocky Six. I was like, this should be the end. It should die. When I first heard about this, I was like, nah. Now I'm like, oh my God, give me more. <laughs> yeah. Here's another upset. You want to know what my number four is? Mm. Rogue One. Ooh. Rogue One didn't even make the top three. Damn, okay. Because like every list, like every movie from eight onwards in my list, it's fantastic but has flaws. Okay. And Rogue One does have the flaws of being inconsequential. But it's brilliant. But that, I, I think the inconsequential thing is not, that's not Rogue One's fault. No, that's not, that, that, that's the place in which it takes place. Yeah. Like, leading directly into episode four and all that. That's the only reason it feels inconsequential. Yeah. But I like the fact that it's inconsequential because we get to tell a self-contained story that won't have any sequels, presumably. Um, <laughs> minor spoilers, maybe. Um, things go wrong, everybody. Things go, go wrong. wrong. The Empire's still around for three more movies. Things aren't going to go that well. Um, and because everything is so expendable in this movie, it, it feels like it's living on a knife edge. And it's a genuinely brilliant movie because it's very much a genre movie inside a genre movie. We have sci-fi, the main genre. Then we have a war movie and an espionage movie. It's, it's layered. It's like a jawbreaker. It's, it's the jawbreaker of the Star Wars franchise. I can't believe I'm calling it that. But it's really good and I liked a lot of the characters. Some of them aren't that memorable, but certainly Jin, Cassian, K2SO and Chirrut, I think, are people that just just fly out of this movie. They're just really, really good. I've learnt all their names now. You have. Very myself. I've committed them all to memory in my repeated viewings of Rogue One. I've now... Like, when I was watching it the second time, Rachel, my own, I again annoyed me because I kept saying people's names under my breath every time they came on screen. <laughs> just as, like, repetition of, like, base Malbus. Like, shut up! <laughs> um, okay, so, uh, number three for me. Now, I presume this is either number two or number one for you. Uh, Deadpool came in at number three for me. I think, yeah, great, great um, use of the character, making up for all previous um, you know, wrongdoing by the character in X-Men Origins Wolverine. The exact kind of shot in the arm. I'm not saying that the superhero franchise was ailing. The genre was ailing at all. It is carrying on unabated despite DC's best efforts. Um, <laughs> this is this is a good shot in the arm because it opened up a whole new like section of superhero movies to be done. Because that's how this genre is going to survive is by incorporating symbiotically other genres. We saw that with espionage in The Winter Soldier. We saw that with um, 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 you know Doctor Strange taking on the mystical side of things and bringing fantasy into the genre. This brings in R-rated 18 comedies, which you are always going to find a, a an audience when they're this good. It was great. It was a very small movie, admittedly, if you, when you look compared to all the other superhero movies that came out this year. It's smaller even than Suicide Squad in terms of its scope, but that gave it a focus. It gave it its you know ability to tell a lot of jokes without it ever really losing sense of where the plot is. Um, some of the editing things, like the, the kind of the way they jump around in time, that that didn't really. That, I think that's its only real weakness for me. 
Because um, other than that, this was just as perfect a Deadpool movie as we can get. I'm not overly optimistic for the sequel because I just don't think it'd be able to capture the same amount of magic again. Uh, because comedy sequels, as we've shown with many of their misses this year, are very, very, very hard to do. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to it nonetheless. Fair enough. Number three for me, Kubo and the Two Strings. Mm. It got that high. Damn. I did not expect it to get that high, especially off the back of watching the anime movie that I talked yep. about, just especially after watching The Jungle Book, and it 100% just knocked it out of the park. Damn. Probably one of my favourite animated movies ever made. And for it to, in my head to beat Coraline is really hard, because Coraline's mm. a beautifully put together movie. And and to put it bluntly, it shits all over Coraline because <laughs> okay. it's so much better. It's easily the best movie that um, Leica Studios have ever made, and I think it just it very much just spoke to me on on a lot of levels. Mm-hmm. The, the story felt like Legend of Zelda. The folklore was the mysticism was Japanese based. The beautiful, I mean, goddamn beautiful visuals when it comes to how they integrate stop motion and origami and CGI. It, none of it felt out of place. Everything felt important performances are fantastic i just i have undying praise for this movie it would have been number one had it not been for the two that i saw which i think you know what they are now darren i don't don't think there's any more surprises coming up um but certainly this was a big upset in the list i I recently caught this movie and it just it shot straight i was like i'm in love with that movie you can't compare something to legend of zelda and not make me want to watch it like immediately that's very annoying it, it's very much a quest star oh, movie. God. I think you'll really like it. I don't think you'll love it as much as me because it very much speaks to me. It's like, it's 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 a beautifully well-made animation movie based on Japanese folklore with the Legend of Zelda storyline. Mm. Mm, mm, give it to me now. Um, yeah, I think, you'll lo- I think you'll like this one. Okay, we shall look into it. Right, silver medal time. Silver medal. I've gone for Rogue One. Fair enough. I initially, coming out of their review, said I liked it without loving it think I've changed my mind a little bit. Yeah. Because I've seen it three times in its first two weeks. <laughs> now, the second time was because uh, my girlfriend hadn't seen it when we went to watch it. So yeah. uh, we, um, we we went to watch it at the Everyman Cinema. It was great and I enjoyed it more the second time round. I will say that. I, I, I was able to, first of all, learn all the character names. Always a plus. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just because obviously I knew everything that was going to happen, I was able to, to really sit back and enjoy the movie more the second time round. And then I had no bones about going to see it yesterday when my brother announced that he hadn't seen it yet. I was like, well, we have to go and rectify that immediately. <laughs> and I happily watched it for a third time. I was never bored. I was never losing focus. I was never like, oh, I'm never going to watch this scene. It's really, really, really good. So I have no bones about t- taking back what I said at the end of that review. I now love Rogue One. Perhaps not as much as I love number one, for obvious reasons. Um, but yeah, this is just... I cannot wait for more Star Wars spin-off sequels. The House of Mouse have done exactly what they've done with Marvel. They've turned around, not an alien franchise, but Star Wars was very much on the back foot after the prequels. And it had some goodwill coming back due to the Clone Wars and due to the video games. But House of Mouse have just taken Star Wars and just done a complete 180 on that brand. It is now the most powerful brand in the world, I think. I think even Marvel is now second place to how powerful and all-encompassing Star Wars is. That's great, and Rogue One just carries that on. Oh, my God, do I want to see episode eight already? <laughs> yeah, I need episode eight Good in my God. face now. Um, so, yeah, that's silver medal, Michael. <coughs> now, what is yours? Because now I know what will be your gold medal. Deadpool. Deadpool's wow. at number two. Deadpool's at number two. Okay. And up until I saw my number one movie, I went, that's the best film I've seen all year. I think for, for a superhero movie, not only to incorporate a serious comedy, mm. but a serious R-rated comedy. 
is impressive on every single level. Definitely. Unlike you, Darren, I do think a sequel will work. And I think the internal troubles are already a bad sign, but I think a sequel to Deadpool will work Mm -hmm. so, so well. Because Deadpool is Deadpool. The fact that he's not a version of this character. He is the definitive version of this character, which is something that we can't really say a lot of for, for, for superhero, superhero characters. Like People like RDJ embody Tony Stark, but you don't look at them and you go, you know, oh, that, 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 that's Tony Stark. You see Deadpool on screen, you go, Jesus Christ, that's Deadpool. He's jumped straight out of a comic book. That's absolutely insane how accurate they've got that. I think that's all in parts on Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds was born to play Deadpool. Mm-hmm. I liked the supporting characters. This movie gave us a romance that I forgot about. We cared and liked. Yeah. Like, the romance between... I believe it's... Oh, God, no. I can't remember her name. But the romance between Deadpool and Mrs. Deadpool uh, is genuinely refreshing and brilliant. Mm-hmm. And is I can't just put into words how, how surprised I was. How, how I th- everything could have gone wrong. Vanessa. Vanessa, thank you. Mm-hmm. Everything could have gone wrong. Everything. It was all at stake. It was all or nothing, and this movie got all. Can't wait for more. Okay. Well then, Michael. <laughs> I think I think we might have done the same thing here. Uh-oh. Darren. <laughs> uh, in in a list where I said there was going to be a lot of surprises and upsets, I think unfortunately we both landed on the same number one. <laughs> yeah. Civil this, War. Civil War. Civil War. <laughs> this ended up being a closer run thing when I watched Rogue One a few more times, but no. Ultimately, I said there is nothing better this year than that airport scene. Yeah. That conquers all other scenes this year, and it's not like this is just a one scene film. I don't think. No. I think mean, everything about this. This is. This is what DC needs to watch more than anything, is watch this movie. Because this only works because we've had so much time to build up so many characters. I think if you did a headcount of like major characters in the movie, it's probably over 10. It's 12, exactly. There we go. So that's a lot of people to juggle. And yet everybody gets time, everyone gets a moment, and everyone gets some, some development in some way, shape, or form. Obviously, some are going to get more than others. You know, Iron Man, Catch America, and Soldier are obviously going to be at the top of that list. But, oh, everything about this was just fantastic. Do you know how many times I saw this in the cinema? Go on. Five. Jesus. I saw this five times and I was never bored. No. This is the most I've ever seen a movie in the cinema. That's ridiculous. So, I saw this more than I saw Star Wars. I saw this more than I saw the original Avengers. And I love the original Avengers. It's probably the what close movie closest to my heart. But I have to say that Civil War is the best Civil it's best Civil War movie. Yes, it's the only <laughs> Civil War movie. It's the best superhero movie ever made. Oh. No contest. No contest. That's a hell of a sentence there, Michael. Like you have to you have to understand how important that statement is. I, I It's that good. I love it more than oh. I love the Guardians. I love it more oh, than I love I know, right? I love it more than I love the original Avengers movie. I saw it five times, Darren. I don't see a movie five times and not love it So you death. think this is better than Guardians of the Galaxy, which is, you, you know, the parody. One, yeah, one of my favourite movies ever. My running joke for a year about how much yep. you love that movie. You think this is better than The Avengers? Yep. You think this is better than The Dark Knight? Yep. You think this is better than, well, okay, X-Men's kind of my choice. But, yeah, um, that's true. You think this is better than Big Hero 6? Yeah. You also, oh, good God. If you remember okay. correctly, Big Hero 6 didn't even make my top five last year. No, it didn't. Did it, so this is better than Winter Soldier? This is better than Winter Soldier. Hundred percent. I love Winter Soldier. Marvel have done a lot of steps in the right direction, and I think it all led up to Civil War. I think it's a good thing that I, I can't immediately disagree with you. This isn't at least in the conversation. Yeah, because that's how many the plethora of good superhero movies we have to choose from. 
is just ever expanding despite DC's best efforts. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I well, obviously I don't I, I don't think it's the best superhero movie ever made, but it's definitely the best movie of this year. Easily. Uh, in terms of just paying off so many, so many things. In fact, it puts me in mind of Game of Thrones season six as much as like it paid off almost too much at some times. <laughs> yeah. like, you're giving us too many good things. You've got to leave something <laughs> for Infinity War to do. Um, but yeah, in a year where DC faltered massively because they needed to rush because they think they need to get on this bubble. If Marvel keeps turning out these this level of good movies, that bubble's not going to burst anytime soon. If it can live in the same universe, as I mentioned, as Star Wars and still be exciting and new and fresh and turning out great movies and being in the cultural zeitgeist like it is, DC just need to slow the fuck down. <laughs> I'd say or it's, stop. I'm fine with either. Start again. Yeah. Have a hard reboot again. You do it all the time in your comic book continuity, so why not in your films? Yep. And just take your time, plant things, do it slowly, make us care about everybody, and then deliver the team-up movies. Not deliver the Justice League movie next year. Yeah. Which I keep forgetting it's coming. Yeah. I did not forget the Avengers was coming, no, for example. No, I was counting the seconds Egg- down to that movie. And yet Justice League is like, Oh yeah, that is next year, isn't it? <laughs> oh god, yeah. Okay, we disagree on how how great it is, but it's great. but it is the best movie this year, easily. Woo! Right, we got there. Let's plug. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the You can go over to prowrestling.net as well and check out all of my articles over there. Um, just a quick fuck you to Ring of Honor. Uh, I'm not allowed <laughs> to say that over there because you know this. You know my well, my site still talks about it and kind of works with Ring of Honor, but they fucked me over so royally that I had to get a refund out of them via PayPal, and they didn't even contact PayPal back. PayPal literally had to take the money from Ring of Honor's account that they weren't giving to me and pass it on second party. So, yeah, um, I'll <laughs> save that rant for another day um, because I'm, I don't want to put it out over there. But, yeah, you can go to my Twitter and it's all the accounts, all the information's over there as well. Okay, you can go on Twitter and find me personally at that Mike Going, or, of course, you can go to foulentertainment.com uh, for Darren's end-of-year stuff. My end of year stuff, this podcast, and more like it in the next year. I'm looking forward to the next year. For those who don't know, uh, we also have started up a secondary little site. We have actually announced that we are uh, a part of this because we are it. Uh, Over on nayume.com, you can go and read short stories written by all of our uh, writers uh, under the username Toy Literature. Ooh. It's uh, restroom reads for the wrong in the head. (laughs) Oh. Look at you, Michael, your branding experience. It's, well it's, uh, I'm, I'm genuinely pleased with how well Toilet is doing as well. Excellent. It, it, seriously, in two years, um, Toilet might have done near enough the same numbers that we did in about a year and a half. Holy crap. Damn. It's, it, I, I'm, I'm just shocked. It's, it's going so well. Uh, so thank you for, for reading Toy Literature. Uh, start sharing that more. I'm going to start getting that more out. But of course, you can go to any social media possible. Facebook, SoundCloud, Minds, Twitter. And of course, now you may for Toy Literature. Um, under the username FoulENT. That's F-O-U-L-E-N-T. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Popscorn. Darren? And don't forget, we will be having a 2017 preview coming up very shortly as well. We actually did record a 2016 preview last year, <laughs> but it got eaten by Michael's laptop. It got lost to time. Um, we're never so getting that it, back. It, no, we're never getting it back, but we will deliver a 2017 preview because we've said it now on this podcast, and therefore <laughs> snook it ourselves if it gets lost again. In that case, see you in February then. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Bye, Bye everybody! <laughs>